Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We are going to look today at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 as Paul talks to them, writes to them about food sacrifice to idols. And we say to ourselves, well, we don't sacrifice food to idols in this country. At least if we do, nobody knows about it. And so what does this have to do with anything? And we're going to look at that scripture today, and we'll see what this has to do with all of us even still today. If you look at verse 4 of chapter 8, So then about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods, that's with a little g, and many lords with little l, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things come and through whom we live. And so Paul is really saying here, food sacrifice to an idol doesn't really matter. You can eat it, you can do whatever you want with it, because an idol isn't real. That an idol doesn't mean anything. And so food sacrifice to an idol is perfectly acceptable to eat. And in other scriptures, he talks about the fact that he does continue to eat it. But the reason why, in his mind, is because an idol isn't real. Now, you might be able to see that idol built out of something. You might be out of wood. It might be out of stone. It might be out of whatever it is that that idol's made. But he said the idol itself doesn't really exist. That God doesn't exist. So food sacrifice to it doesn't mean anything to him as far as eating it or not eating it. And so he says, I will eat it because it's not a big deal. He goes on from there, though, to say this in verse 7, but not everyone knows this. So there are going to be some people who think it's a big deal. And he goes on in that verse to say, some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat such food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to an idol And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. And so if you think that that is a sin to eat and you eat it, for you it's a sin. But because Paul says, I know that an idol isn't anything, then I can eat it and my conscience isn't bothered a bit. But some people, they're not accustomed to thinking that way, and for them, that meat is defiled. And as we know in another scripture, for you, if you think it is a sin and you do it, it is a sin. And so two people can be doing the same thing. One of them 
thinks it's a sin and it is. The other one not thinking it's a sin and it isn't. And so Paul talks here about, what does he say here then in verse 8? But food does not bring us near to God. We are no better, no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. And this is what we're going to talk about a little bit here and talk about freedom and exercising our freedom and what does this have to do with us even still today. See, there are people who think you can't do this. Once you're a Christian, there's things you can't do. You can't you can't drink at all. You can't do go to the movies. You can't do whatever it is that you do. There's other people that think that all those things are completely okay to do. There's no big deal at all. And the people that think that you shouldn't do it, think they're closer to God because they don't. And the people that do do it think they're closer to God because they do. And you hear this argument all the time from people. But what does Paul say again there in verse 8? Food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. And so the things that we eat and drink, the things that we do, the places that we go, he said that's not what makes it us better. So I've talked to people. You Maybe you have too, Vince. They don't go to movies. And they think that makes them more spiritual because they don't. They, they avoid that den of iniquity. They don't go to the movies. And so because they're more spiritual. I've also talked to people that do go to the movies and they think to themselves, well, because I know that it's okay and that it's not a sin to go, that makes me more spiritual than the ones that don't. We got to be really careful about this whole idea of what makes us better than other people, and especially as we are talking about judging them. But he says, food does not bring us near to God. Whether we are no worse off if we do not eat and no better if we do, be careful, however, that the exercise of your freedom does not become a stumbling block to the weak. And here's the message for every one of us today. If I'm going to do something and it's going to cause you to stumble, even though I'm free to do it, I should not. And that's Paul's message here, is that, and, and we use the example before we came on the air. If I know you're trying to lose weight, I know you're on a diet, and I bring cake, or I bring donuts or something, and I say, come on, Vince, it's not going to hurt. One's not going to hurt you. I am not at that point acting in love. So this could be anything that we encourage somebody to do who that person thinks it's a sin and we try to encourage them to do it, we are not at that point acting in love. And we are to always be thinking of our brother and acting in love. Amen. And that's what the revelation is in this text of Scripture. And, and of course, we know Paul uh, related it to um, the Jewish people because they had dietary restrictions. And, and this and, was a big deal to them. Yeah, that was a big deal. Food. And again, that's probably not our issue here uh, in America, at least the Gentiles. <laughs> it's not. It's never been one in my family. But again, the meat of this whole subject was doing things in love. And, and as you were just speaking, I was just reading this text, and I highlighted some stuff. And, and it was going back to love, back to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter verse 1. The latter, it says, now concerning these things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Then he tells us, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So he's trying to reveal to us, 
to walk in love. We're under the law of love right now. And then the latter part of, uh, I mean, verse 3, but if anyone loved, loved God, this one is known by him. And then I highlighted over here at verse 6, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we live. And I'm going to look at verse 9. But beware, lest any, somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. And again, that's what he's saying. If you're going to do things that are permissible, but they're going to be a stumbling block to somebody who's weak in that area, he's like, yes, it, it, it's legal and permissible for you to do, but you know, operating out of a spirit of love, just don't do it. And I think in another text of scripture, he says all things are permissible for me. That don't mean it's good for me to do it. Yeah, they're you not know? all beneficial. They're not all beneficial. And again, as we start uh, having compassion for one another, because we have the passion of Christ in us, we're going to start operating out of that spirit of love or that law of love and saying, you know what, if this offends people, you know, I'm not going to do that. Even though I can do it, I'm not going to do it. Again, if I allow my uh, mouth to say whatever I'm thinking, you know, that's not a good thing either. Yeah, <laughs> I tell people all the time, you don't have to say every word that pops into your right. head. Right, and, and, and we know, you know, being conformed to this world, we grew up being programmed to just say what you feel. Well, no, if saying what you feel is going to be offensive to somebody, just because you feel like you can say whatever you feel, that don't mean it's right or it's beneficial or it's edifying. So as we start growing in the knowledge of the Lord's will, we're going to prohibit, we're going to alter our uh, behavior or model our, our behavior for the audience. You know, you may, and if I know everybody used the profanity in their lives, but would you go around your grandma and use that profanity? Even when you wasn't saved, you know, as a teenager, you use profanity, but when you got around your grandma, you didn't use the same profanity you used around your boys or your girls. So you model your behavior for the audience or for that person if you know it offends them. Like you used the example for, about the donuts. Yes, ordinarily you would go around somebody who you knew or not died and say, Hey, just have one. But because you know, I'm dieting and I'm trying to lose weight for a particular event I'm getting ready for. You're going to refrain from allowing your Liberty to just flow just cause you can. Right. And, <laughs> and, and you know, not even, even if you don't encourage them, if you know that that person likes a donut and you just sit and eat them in front of them, you never right. encourage them to hey, I know you're on a diet, Vince, but I'm going to eat these three donuts right here while you watch me. Mm -hmm. That's not acting in love either. Well, back to the verse in verse 9. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. If I'm weak in that area, you know, and that can be a whole lot of things. You know, be mindful that someone else may be weak in that area and don't be a stumbling block to them. So. I tell people all the time, you know, there's a lot of people, millions of them, who can go out in their front lawn in Chico, California in July when it's 110. They can go out and mow their lawn, come back in the house, drink one beer out of the refrigerator, and that's all they're going to have. It's going to cool them off. End of story. There's other people, if they drink that one beer, they're not going to stop till they've drank every beer in the house. Uh -huh. 
if you're the person can drink one beer and that's it, you're done. You are not acting in love when you go to your neighbor who you know has a drinking problem and say, hey, have a beer with me. Right. You know, you, because now you've caused them to start down a road that they probably shouldn't and maybe don't even want to be on. For you, it's perfectly, you're perfectly at liberty to drink that beer and it's no big deal because you're going to stop after that one and it was just like somebody else drinking a Coke. But if you know somebody has an issue or suspected even, you should never even offer them that first one because you're going to cause them to stumble. And we can use the same example with, with cigarette smoking. If you know somebody who's being delivered from the addiction of nicotine and you constantly smoke cigarettes around them or offer them one, I'm going to have one. We, we know we'd put in a hard day's work, yeah, have one of these. And there are Christians that still smoke cigarettes or are bound to nicotine. And again, and that can go with drinking or anything else. And we just have to be mindful to not to use our liberty as a stumbling block to other people. Again, that, that's called spiritual maturity. And that's something that God desires us to grow up in. Again, faith well, on fire. <laughs> if you look at that verse 13 in that same chapter, he says, Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause him to fall. Now, let's read it like so this. So he's given up his rights. Okay, yeah, let's read it like this. Therefore, if what I do makes my brother stumble, Amen. I will never do that again unless I make my brother stumble, whatever it, it may right. be. Right, so it doesn't have to be meat. Right, it can right, be right. anything. Yeah, so we have to be mindful because see, we've been delivered, delivered or set free from something. Oh, that doesn't bother us. Well, think about the other person. The scripture tells us, I believe in Ephesians, you know, consider others over yourself. Right. Esteem others ahead of yourself. Right, right. So, and, you know, he talks about not doing it to help his brother. That's the attitude that we have to take. Now, we talk a lot about Romans 12 where it says no longer being conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is one of those places where our mind needs to be renewed because we live in the United States of America. And what do we stand on in this country? Freedom, freedom. right? Freedom. I got rights and nobody can take them from me. Yeah, free I speech. Got, That's the, I got one of the First Amendments, right? Freedom and nobody freedom can take speech. it from me. I'm free and I can do whatever I want. And that's a banner for a lot of people in this country that they're they're just free and they can do whatever they feel like doing. We get so used to hearing that as as people growing up in this country that I have rights that you can't take from me. I have freedoms that you can't take from me. And that that becomes so ingrained in us that when we hear a scripture unless we've the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us when we hear a scripture that says if it causes my brother to sin, I will not eat it again or I will not do it again. That that's hard for a lot of people, even as Christians, to accept in this country because we're so entwined, so enamored with the idea that nobody can tell me what to do. I don't have to give up anything that well, I want to do. Well, now we got to go back to, like you said, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to renew our mind that uh, we were bought with the precious blood of Jesus and we're not our own. We're born again, so we're being reprogrammed with the truth of the Word of God. And uh, Jesus said, also, if anyone wants to live, he must first die. But he who dies for me will now live. So we have to die to self and, and live the Christ. So if this is the instruction manual, 
if this is the manufacturer's handbook, we need to start applying it to our lives and and push aside world programming. The world taught us, you know, this nation taught us we got rights. Yes, we got rights, but if it's not beneficial to somebody else, you don't have to exercise that right. Well, I like what you said there, die to self. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to give up what we want, mm-hmm. give up what we even could do right, for the sake of somebody else. And if, and this is what goes back again to not being conformed to this world because that's not what this world says. This world, Anybody who gives up what they can freely do is a fool to this world. Right. And so what he's talking about here, giving up and not doing it just so that the other person won't stumble, the world would say was crazy, that that makes no sense at all because you got to look out for number one. And the world said, if it feels good, just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. It Nike, feels good. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> so uh, we have to just, you know, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and, and just be obedient to the word. And again, I was just thinking today what Jesus said, you know, his commands are not burdensome. You know, the, the 10 was, the one that Moses brought down, they were so burdensome that the children of Israel couldn't even keep them. <laughs> but Jesus said, I'm going to come with this law of love. And they're not burdensome. It's back to choice. Just choose this day. I said before you this day, blessings and cursings and death and life. Choose life. So we can make a choice to say, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way because his ways are higher than my ways. And if he says do this, I'm going to submit to that. Remember? Submit to God. Resist the devil. The devil represents the world system, the world programming. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll exalt you. So when we do it God's way, God promotes us and exalts us, and he leads us on that path of, of, of goodness and, and, and blessing. And we, if we want to stay on that path, you got to deny yourself. Because remember that old sin nature, that flesh wants to do what it feels. It, it has rights. I want to do this. But no, we're to be reminded to crucify our flesh which means that old sin nature, that selfish nature, crucified how often? Daily. <laughs> right. Meaning put it to death and, and allow the spirit to, to, to lead and guide us. And the spirit, Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit in our, their life. So what we're reading here is spirit and it's life. It's truth. So, and the truth makes one free. Well, see, and it goes back to that die to yourself, die to self. This is how that actually occurs. We can read that scripture. We can hear that scripture. We can know that scripture. But this is how it actually occurs on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. My, I myself want to do this. I myself feel like I can. I probably am right that I could. But I'm going to die to what myself wants to the benefit of mm-hmm. somebody else. And that could be in the matter of giving them a donut or drinking a beer or whatever it might be. It might also be with your spouse you want to have chinese food for dinner and she wants to have mexican she wants to eat in and you want to go out she wants to go out you want to eat in there there are just times when you have to die to yourself meaning i'm going to die to what i want and i'm going to let somebody else have what they want right and you know i think we spent a couple weeks ago talking about marriage and how a husband's supposed to treat his wife i tell anybody all the time if you go into a marriage thinking you're always going to have your way, it's going to be a miserable time, and that marriage probably isn't going to last very long. 
because you're going to learn right off the bat that you've got to die to self. There's times you have to die to self. You have to die to what you want for the benefit of somebody else. Well, and you get an understanding or a revelation that you're heirs together of the grace of God. God ordained marriage, and he's given us some instruction on that, you know, through his word. And again, his word is the truth. And our desire here is to impart truth. Yeah, but the U.S. Constitution says I have rights. The U.S. Constitution says I have freedom. Well, you're in the king. Now, hopefully I'm talking to Christians now or those who desire to uh, be born again or to answer the call and purpose God has on their life. You're in the kingdom now. And we say that in the natural. When in Rome, do as the Romans. Well, when in the kingdom, you're in the kingdom of the son of his love, the, the, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, the kingdom from heaven. Now you're a kingdom citizen. That's your home. <laughs> Remember, you're just a foreigner here, so you gotta do king. You gotta do kingdom business. You gotta act like you're from the kingdom, and and with the Bible is the manual for that. So well, see, you, the Bible trumps the Constitution. Right. Every the Bible time. Bible trumps. Everything. No matter what nation you're in. Right. Because remember, go to all nations and, and introduce them to this new kingdom, this new way of living, the way God originally intended mankind, humans to live. This this, this is not just for America. This is for all nations, right. ethnos. And That's it, why you say go. Try, it trumps every law. It trumps everything. It, it does. trumps what your mama taught you. It tr- and, and here's the deal. Your family taught you, your friends. And once we started promoting this gospel of the kingdom, I, I believe a lot of the problems of the world will just start diminishing because everybody's going to have a kingdom mindset. And again, God desires the kingdom of the, the world, the kingdoms of the world to come into the kingdom of the son of his love. And that's when we're going to see, you know, heaven manifesting itself on earth. Remember thy kingdom come his will. That's God's desire that his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, nobody's up there offending one another. They're not saying, no, it's my way. It's my way. Jesus, get off the throne. I'm sitting there <laughs> today. No, Jesus said, I sit at the right hand of the Father. But I've allowed you to sit together with me. So you're with me because you're part of my body. But and again, you have to submit to God. Submit to the king. <laughs> the king of kings, Lord of lords. you got to submit to his will. And his will is always found in his word. And as you start feeding on this word and getting understanding, now you got to apply it to your daily life. You can't be have what they call dualism. I act this way on Sunday and come Monday, Tuesday, I'm doing this. I go to church on Sunday, but but I cuss folk out on Monday. Go to church on Sunday and, and fornicate on, on Tuesday. Go to church on Sunday and I don't forgive on Wednesday. That's dualism. You're going to have to be... What the scripture Jesus referenced to as single-minded, meaning you're sold out for God's ways. You can't be what the scripture says over in James, double-minded. Because that double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You got to be single-minded. You got to be sold out for the things of God. And again, no message is a condemning message because we're all learning and growing and making corrections in our lives. So when you get the word of God, just go ahead and make the correction. It's an open book test. Make the correction, start applying it to your daily life. Again, crucifying your flesh, that old sin nature, those old programming which wants to have its way. Scripture says walk in the spirit. Walk in the word of God and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And back to that scripture I referenced earlier, I don't know if I 
stated it right, but he says if anyone wants to find his life, he must first lose it. But then Jesus said, he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So if you want life and life more abundantly, we got to do what the word says. That's it. Well, you know, sinful nature is one of those things we just can't get away from. Our human nature is one of those things that we just can't get away from. And even when you become a Christian, your human nature doesn't just leave. It doesn't just go away. It still wants to, and not all human nature is bad. You know, we had that fire up in weed a few weeks ago, and the people of weed came together and helped each other out as neighbors. People I know even in Chico were sending stuff to them. People probably all over the state were sending stuff there for help. So human nature isn't always bad. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that he's talking about here is the idea of not doing things to help our brother. And one of the things is it's not normal for our human nature to do that. Our human nature wants to look out for ourselves. Our human nature wants to have things our way. This is why we need to learn to live by the Spirit, because it's through living by the Spirit that we're able to do what he's talking about And it's back to this, too, Richard. For us who are born again, say, reconciled. Now, we have a new nature according to the Scriptures. We have the nature of God. But you know what we don't get when you get saved? You don't get a new mind. That's why he tells you to be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind is where your your mental capacity is, your thinking. Your, well, yeah, your thinking. So that needs to be re- reprogrammed with the Word of God. So, yes, we're programmed in this nation to do good things, to help people out in times of adversity. So, but God says, okay, I give you a new spirit. Now I want you to renew your mind to my words. Start thinking like me now. You got a new spirit, which allows you that capability because without that new spirit, you can't have the mind of Christ. So now I'm working with you. I give you a new spirit. He says, I poured out my love and my love's been poured out in you by my Holy Spirit. So we got a God's spirit, but now we got to constantly be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and once again, it is to make people feel bad. We got to renew our it, mind with the word. Because once, you know, as you said before, if you, Realize that you've been wrong, change. If you realize that you have sinned, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Mm -hmm. But as we've talked about before, don't use the fact that you're not perfect yet as an excuse to continue doing what you Right, to continue in it. No. Right. He wants to save us from our sin, not just when we die, but today. He doesn't want us to continue in our sin that we've been committing today. Not just for when we die. Okay, I've been saved from my sin. Someday when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. No, he wants to save us from our sin now. He doesn't want you to continue on in what you've been doing. He wants to actually change your life today. And he wants you to have what Jesus declared in John 10, 10. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In order to have life and have it more abundantly, you got to do the things that's in line with that. Yeah, you got to do the word. I tell people, just work the word. Our labor is in the word of God. You start working the word, and it says in Thessalonians, the word works effectively in those who believe. I mean, it'll accomplish what, it, what, it, what it's supposed to be. And that's going to do it for this segment. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you go through this week to keep walking by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.